Welcome to episode 2096 of Effectively Wild, the Fangraphs baseball podcast brought to you by our Patreon supporters. I'm Meg Raleigh of Fangraphs, and I am joined by Ben Lindbergh of The Ringer. Ben, how are you? Gobsmacked. Emergency pod. Speechless. Not actually speechless. It'd be bad if I were speechless. You would have to do all the talking while well, I just breathed heavily in the background. But <laughs> yeah, it's a Saturday pod. It's an emergency pod. Emergency I mean, pod. We were planning to do a podcast. We right. were planning to do a podcast on Friday, but it was a fluid developing situation. Right. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that later. But now we know. Now we know the actual outcome. Shohei Otani is a Los Angeles Dodger or is about to be 10 years, 700 million. He broke the news himself, of course. Yeah. Because uh, he kept the whole thing shrouded in secrecy, so he got to be first. Everyone else has to say, first, Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani was first, and he put it on Instagram, and he had some words uh, apologizing to how long it took. <laughs> it didn't actually take that long, but he said, I've decided to choose the Dodgers as my next team. And yep. he thanked people in the Angels organization and Angels fans and he says to all Dodgers fans, I pledge to always do what's best for the team and always continue to give it my all to be the best version of myself. Until the last day of my playing career, I want to continue to strive forward not only for the Dodgers, but for the baseball world. And he promises a later press conference. But wow. Wow. We have resolution. Boy, do we have <laughs> resolution. I, I, well, first of all, I'd like to thank Otani for completely destroying my over underdrafts. Just oh, like, yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> blew it's it. over. It's done. But yeah. You're, congratulations <laughs> on your win. I mean, it would have been impolite for me to win, you know, the, the preseason draft, the minor mm. league free agent draft, and the over under draft, you know? Yeah. Just you're giving me one here. Yeah, <laughs> this is not the the number one implication, probably for most right. baseball fans. But if you're an effectively wild listener who cares about that implication, MLB trade rumors had projected 12 years and 528 million yeah. for Otani, and you took the under. I did. Which at the time, I said, hey, that was probably smart because yeah. who knows, he might sign a short-term high average annual value sure. deal, in which case that would be big for you. Right. And even if not, you probably won't be that wrong, I said, right? Like how much over could it be 528, right? right? Well, right. turns out a lot, actually. A lot. <laughs> a lot. A now, lot. there are deferrals. And yes. as we record here on Saturday, our quick reaction pod, we do not have all the details of no. the deferrals. We just know, per Jeff Passan, that the majority of the amount right. is deferred. Yeah. That doesn't have implications for the over-under draft, unfortunately, no, for you. There's no uh, net present value caveat mm -hmm. in our draft. It's just the total guaranteed amount. Right. So, yeah, that's going to sink <laughs> your yeah. over-under draft. I think that's totally. basically done. It's done. 
but it does have implications for the Dodgers, which we can yeah. discuss. And obviously, when we have the precise numbers, then we'll follow up on that. But it's still an enormous number. It's an enormous number. It is the size of the deferrals might be described as unprecedented, and it sounds like they are, but this contract is unprecedented, not just in baseball, but like in sports, in mm-hmm. sports, mm-hmm. Ben, in all yep. sports. Yeah, it is. It, it tops Messi's contract, right? right. I mean, right. maybe not once you factor in the deferrals and sure, sure. also Messi's contract was for fewer years, I think, sure, but, sure. but everyone cares about the big number, the 700, big number. that's Mega the headline contract. number, and that is the biggest number that, that biggest anyone number. in sports has ever signed and just yep. completely blows away every baseball player. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Mike Trout, former teammate of Shohei Otani, Mike yeah. Trout, was hundreds of millions of dollars less. Aaron Judge, biggest free agent contract ever last offseason. Otani doubled that number more or less. Right. 360 yeah. for Judge. This yeah. is this is wild. It's so many dollars. And like, I think I said when I took the under on Otani's contract for, I think I said I would be happy to be wrong. That was sort of the general vibe of our draft Mm -hmm. where we're like, we think these numbers are all going to be lower and we'd like that to not be true for like these players and the health of the sport, et cetera. But um, it's a lot of money, even with the deferrals, a lot of money. And I really appreciate the Los Angeles Dodgers being like, you know, money's a resource and we have mm-hmm. it. So we're yeah. going to use it so that we can literally employ the best baseball player on the planet mm-hmm. for um, probably the rest of his professional career. You know, uh, yep. certainly the part of his pro career that we are likely to care most about. Yeah. I mean, I guess he's uh, going to be signed to roughly the same age that Bryce Harper is, or I guess it'll yeah. be, I guess it'll be, yeah, just about, right? And Bryce right. Harper already requesting an extension. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Otani's statement uh, says, right, he, he wants to, until the last day of his playing career, strive forward for the Dodgers and for the baseball world. But yeah, yeah this is, I'm going to guess that once we do the math and do the adjustments, sure. that it'll be more like a real present value of 600 or, or something more in the range of contracts that were actually bandied about, yeah. right? Because 700, yeah. no one was talking about 700, at least not after the elbow injury. No, they definitely weren't. I mean, I, we, uh, you know, like, we're going to write about this at Fangraphs. I don't know if you guessed yeah, that. Yeah, going to write about um, it at The Ringer, too. Yeah, um, Dan's quick react is up. Bauman's working away as we speak. And, you know, the, the Zips projections for Otani are just, like, overwhelming. And obviously, like, he won't be pitching next year. Um, so there's, uh, you know, you don't get a, a pitching number until 2025. But, like, He's so good, you know, and he's projected to be so good and and it's so good, Ben. I'm like I am kind of at a loss for words in part because mm-hmm. after the day we had on Friday, part of me was like we're either going to get resolution on this within like the the course of the weekend, right? Yeah. Or he's not signing until like January, you know. <laughs> right. Um and we'll talk about Friday in a minute, but Yeah, we're um, going to recount the events of Friday once we get past the actual news. We'll we'll get to the fake news and yeah. the rumors, but I mean Blue Jays fans will want to tune out for that portion of the podcast or yeah. probably the entire podcast. If, yeah, if you're a Blue Jays fan and you're listening, <laughs> you, wow, well you done. Might, yeah, you might want to um, skip it. It could be fun to skip it for you. Like, it mm-hmm. might be emotionally healthy. You know, we can talk about the the Dodgers of it all because the, the, funny, the funny thing, Ben, about 
talking about Otani signing is that, like, what do you say about Otani himself? You know, like, we've right. talked about Otani so <laughs> say, much. We say plenty about him, yes. We say so many things about Otani. And so I don't want to give short shrift to the player that he is and has been and will be in the future because that guy is the most exciting player in in baseball. But, like, we kind of know what that is. Like, we've seen that. Um, we're familiar with it. And so then, you know, my, my first instinct in moments like this is to turn to our depth charts at Fangraphs. And first of all, marvel at just how quickly um, Jason and John get those things updated when these signings come through because um, I've witnessed them doing it at, at company dinners. Just like, whip out the laptop and then it's there. And so, you know, we get to look at the Dodgers, like, projected opening day lineup. And I'm of two minds here because on the one hand, wow, you go Mookie Betts, you go Otani, you go Freddie Freeman, you go Will Smith, and you're like, wow, that's... Yeah. I mean, like, we we spent a lot of time last season talking about just how impenetrable the Braves lineup felt, right? Like, how far down you had to go to get to, like, a guy where you're like, that's an easier route. And it took a while. And, I, I look, we're going to talk about the easier routes in a second here. But, like, that, that top four mm-hmm. is uh, unfair, perhaps. <laughs> like, yeah. I am flummoxed by that being real it feels like it shouldn't be real like we shouldn't have this kind of collection of players but again when you view money as a resource like you can have that that's what Mm -hmm. you can have it's one of the things you can have is that and so there's that piece of it i'm overwhelmed but then the other part of me is like it's weird that the dodgers still have a lot of holes to fill huh they do right yeah (laughs) (laughs) and now you figure they're going to fill them you don't get shohei otani and not do that right probably made some assurances to otani i would think right particularly given the um the the deferral piece of it, right? Like, mm-hmm. which was clearly architected with continuing to fill holes in mind, right? That you don't want the the mega deal to completely hamstring the organization in a way that doesn't allow them to address, say, like the pitching woes that they have or how they mm-hmm. like still kind of need maybe some, they maybe need another right-handed bat still. Like, you know, they maybe still need a right-handed bat. You know, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, the deferral, <sighs> just about every newsbreaker had suspiciously identical language. Yeah, it's because it came uh, from his agent. It's yes, fine. Yes, almost like, certainly. We can, <laughs> we can say this part. It's fine. We're, nobody's confused about what happened here. They, right. They're all taking language from... From yes. his agent. Yeah. And uh, if the source was his agent, then he said that the idea for the deferrals was right. Otani's. Otani's, yeah. But one way or another, right. So that has a couple of implications for the Dodgers. One, it reduces the soft cap hit, right, right. in that it lowers the competitive balance tax amount. Because the CBT is based on the net present value of the deal. So it's not just going to be 700 divided by 10. 10, It'll be the adjusted number, whatever they figure that out once they figure out the projected inflation and and what that comes out to. So if it's 600 or if it's less, whatever it is, it'll be that number divided by 10. So A – It'll be less of a penalty for the Dodgers if they go over those penalties, right? And then the second 
factor is that it will just be less money that they are actually spending for the next however many years that that's deferred, right? They will just have more room to maneuver and presumably surround Otani with other excellent players in addition to the other excellent players who are already there. So it won't be $70 million going to the 2024 payroll and beyond. It'll be some significantly lower number than that. Maybe it's right. 40 or something. You know, it'll still be a big number, but a lot lower, right? So yeah. they, they will still have some room to maneuver. And looking at their projected payroll right now, again, maybe they will make more moves, but it's not like they're breaking the scale here or anything. They don't even right. have the highest payroll in baseball. Right. This is updated already, I believe. And the 2024 payroll projection, they're fourth just behind the Phillies and then the Mets and the Yankees and luxury tax projection. They're fifth, right? So they're right. high spending team, but yep. they have cut some salary and some guys have left and they have they didn't go out and sign Corey Seager, right? Like they let some players walk away and there was speculation that they were trying to get under the CBT. They were trying to reset the penalties that they were maybe preparing for an Otani right. signing. And then I guess it didn't work out exactly the way that they had planned and they were still on the hook for Bowers money and everything. And so they didn't actually dip under, right? But but they are low enough that even adding Otani, it's not like a really ridiculous number, at least as of now. It's it's high, but they're always yeah. on the high end. They're the Dodgers. Right. Like, this is what they should do because these are the resources they have at their disposal. And I think we've talked a lot on the pod about how they do. I mean, they they weren't able to dip below the luxury tax threshold, which they clearly wanted to. But like they... They tend to manage their payroll in a very smart way. They aren't afraid to spend money. They are conscious of the cap, but only in a let's reset it for a year because we want to blow through it the next year kind of a way. And then in a moment like this where it's like, okay, we didn't manage to reset our penalties quite the way we wanted to, they just go, I don't care. Like, <laughs> it's it's Shohei Otani. We're going to yeah. make so much money. They're going to make so much money. Like, mm -hmm. it's just, I think the ability to be clear-eyed about this stuff is really important. And to be able to say, like, this is a business. We understand it to be a business in a comprehensive way. Some teams understand that in that they are a baseball team that is, like, also a real estate investment group. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like, there are a lot of ways to capitalize on the tremendous entertainment product that you are the steward of. And this is one way to do that. And it costs money up front. And obviously, like, this is a big deal. And I don't want to say, like, that they could do five more of these because, like, <laughs> even they are going to have an upper limit, just like the Mets have an upper limit. But how many, like, how many jerseys have people tried to buy in the last two hours? Ben? Just, just refreshing the, the team store. When hours. can I? How soon can I sign? Yeah, my, yeah. No, I mean it's going to be just a ridiculous amount of supplementary revenue. That's yes. the the headline for me. Is that it's the same headline as always about Otani? You just can't judge him by the rules that apply to any other baseball player. He has basically broken our brains. He has changed our conception of what a baseball player can be and can accomplish in this era. Yes. He has literally rewritten the rules or the rules have been rewritten for him, right? Yeah. So that he could DH on days that he pitches, he could do both. He could make an all-star team as a hitter and a pitcher, right? And now 
he is basically breaking baseball's salary ceiling, right? And and you might look at this and judge it by war dollars per war, and the math won't work out, as right. Dan said in his piece. You know, he Zips might say, oh, he's worth three hundred or four hundred or something like that, right? But you're not factoring in, and it's hard to factor right. in all the attention that he gets you, and all the extra revenue, and all the advertising, and right. the fact that Japan, the entire nation of Japan, is going yeah. to be watching all of the Dodgers games and buying signs behind home plates. And there's just so much extra revenue that comes from him and so much extra attention that you just can't judge it, I guess. We we all underrated it. People were saying 600 before the injury. And then after the injury, when I was talking to people, it was more like, oh, between 400 and 500. 500. And, and again, the real value of this might come down closer to that range than 700. But sure. ultimately, it's just like, I wonder how much the elbow injury cost him, if anything. Like, right. oh, would he have gotten 800? Right. Or is it just... More? Or is it just like, he's Shohei Otani, I don't care how many working functional elbows he has, like, we're going to give him $700 no matter what, you know, because he's just such a star. The only thing that I would say is that that star power is kind of contingent on him being a two-way player, you know? Sure. It's not just him being a really great DH or being a cool guy, you know, like a lot of the intrigue comes from the fact that he is a unicorn, that he is the two-way player. So there must be some degree of confidence that he can come back and continue to be. I'm sure that he got some sort of verbal guarantee at least of like, hey, you know, you're going to let me continue to be a two-way player, assuming I can pick up a baseball and throw it. And they must be banking on that to some extent because if he cannot be a two-way player anymore post-injury, which has happened to some pitchers, you know, second TJ or we don't even know that it was a full TJ yet, but some sort of serious elbow procedure. If he were one of the unlucky ones who couldn't come back and be a great pitcher anymore – then I think there would be a little less of a sensation surrounding him. He'd be a great DH or he'd be, at that point, maybe a great everyday position player, a first baseman or a corner outfielder. And he might be just as valuable on the field in that role, but I don't think he would be as valuable off the field, right? So I think that would be the only scenario that the Dodgers could really be worried about. If you're a Dodgers fan, then you just got to be deliriously happy and it's not my money. (laughs) But if you're the Dodgers, that would, I guess, be the real worst case outcome that he comes back and he's not able to pitch at that level anymore. Not even because he wouldn't continue to be a very valuable player, but I just don't know that he would be as big a draw, right? I don't know that we would be talking about him quite as much if he were just a really good player, but in a regular role. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that there is concern and I'm sure that they are aware that there is some amount of risk. I also imagine like that this medical was very heavily scrutinized. Yeah, so if it's that. even happened yet, do we know that right. it has, right? I mean, that oh might be, <laughs> we might Fine. have a few days of uh, pending no. physical, who knows? It'll be but, fine. Yeah. It'll be fine. You know, here's the thing, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just confident. I don't know why. Why would I be confident? We just spent last off season having to write about Carlos Gray every 10 <laughs> days know. because of his stupid ankle. Mm-hmm. Um I, it's not really meant to be a knock on Carlos, but it was weird that we had to run a react like four different times. Um, <laughs> yep. 
So there is risk involved, but I imagine that um, you don't entertain these kinds of numbers, even with uh, the deferrals in mind, if you don't feel like you have a satisfactory answer to that question, which doesn't mean that the answer can't change and something bad might happen because that's what happens with human bodies over time typically is like bad stuff. But I would imagine that they feel comfortable that that they've struck the right risk reward sort of balance here. I don't want to say that the Dodgers are infallible in that regard, but I do you know sort of trust them to have the right people in place to sort of make those assessments. So mm-hmm. um you know like <laughs> yeah. I think that it's so funny there has been discourse on Twitter. I had to reinstall Twitter on my phone Ben. It was worth it for Friday, but um. I, I well, I needed. I was like, I, I need to monitor this situation because I gotta like, you know, rally some troops if mm-hmm. uh, he signs. But I can't sit here scrolling all day; it'll make me crazy. <laughs> and so I had to reinstall it on my phone so I could get notifications on my phone. It doesn't feel well, good, but what discourse did you see? Well, there's still question. There are still questions about the two-way thing, and and not in the way that you're asking them, like a reasonable person, but in like a pitched, frantic, um, convinced that it's over kind of a way. Uh. And you know, again, teams aren't infallible, and the Dodgers aren't infallible. But it's like, well, I feel like we've gotten an answer to that question, at least based <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the people who would know the best. Um, so I think it's probably fine. Or if it's not, like we don't. You know, it's not obvious that it's not fine right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, he's going to look really good in that uniform. Oh, yeah. Crap. Oh, he gets to keep doing spring training in Arizona. Everything's coming up mad, really. <laughs> I know. The and real winner you, of this is me. <laughs> you tweeted. He doesn't even have to move. I mean, he doesn't not, even not have far, to move. at least, right? No. I mean, yeah, it's going to be rough for Angels fans to watch him just moving over to the the other Los Angeles, the real yeah. Los Angeles, let's face it, and and probably winning every wow. year. Like that's the the takeaway. Catching strays. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that most Angels fans would pr- pretend that would, they are yeah, as legitimately Los that. Angeles. Yeah. Uh, maybe the team would, but that's I guess the takeaway is that he's gone from a team that has not made the playoffs during his tenure there to a team that always make the playoffs. Like there is no yeah. guarantee with any team things can go wrong, but he has competitive proofed himself as as much as he can. The Dodgers yep. have been the closest thing to a lock for the yep. longest time in Major League Baseball. And obviously having Shohei Otani makes them even more so. It helps, so, yeah. <laughs> if he wants to make up for lost time and get some postseason playing time, then going to the Dodgers, that's the best bet for him. And after all the speculation and the consternation and the rosterbation about where he might go, or where, why he was taking so long. Ultimately, this was the least surprising outcome. Maybe the money is surprising, but the destination is not surprising, right? I mean, this has been the Dodgers are the favorite for the longest time. No one knew anything, but right. just based on the fact that he said he wanted to win, he's already in the area, it's in the West Coast, it's a team that spends a lot and clearly wants him, just all signs pointed to the Dodgers. Yes. And ultimately, the obvious answer was the right answer. And it turns out that Dave Roberts disclosed that the Dodgers yeah. met with Shohei Otani was not a deal breaker. Happy for Dave, you know yes. that wouldn't yes. that wouldn't have been a fun thing to get thrown at you every now <laughs> mm-hmm. and again. I feel like we lost sight of the most obvious answer for a little while. You know, like we mm-hmm. we kind of thought it 
we, you and you and I, like, because we're brain geniuses, we're like, it's probably just going to be the Dodgers. Yeah. Um, anytime ever anyone asked me where I thought right. he went, I always said, I have no idea. But then I would say, I guess the Dodgers. <laughs> like, that's the default prediction, because why not? Right. Like, it just seemed, it just seemed smart, you know? It just seemed, like, sometimes I think that we try to come up with, like, a cute answer, like, from, because it's fun to build a narrative, right? It's fun to be mm-hmm. surprised. I said to someone yesterday that it would be, it would be really fun if a mystery team just swooped in and then all yeah. of a sudden you're like, I don't know why, but Otani's like a Cincinnati Red and that yeah. would have been shocking and we would have gone, wow, yeah. um, particularly if this number had been attached to it. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think sometimes you lose, you lose sight of, like, the, the real answer, which is that, we only have a certain number of teams that sort of play in the big payroll space on mm-hmm. in a normal year, right? And then we, you know, we had some number of teams that we were concerned about being compromised or being able to say they were compromised by the RSN stuff, you know. And uh, and then you were left with like uh, five teams basically that looked like they could both afford to play in this market and would have the desire to do so. And all along. I was just like, I think he's probably going to be a Dodger. And then you mm-hmm. know what? Turns out, yeah, I'm a Dodger now. Wow. Yeah. I don't want to act in retrospect like it was such a lock that I was supremely no. confident. I probably no, we, still would have taken the field over the entered, Dodgers. I just we entertained that, other yeah. other notions. I yeah. can't remember if I took the field or if I took the Dodgers. I don't remember mm-hmm. what we talk about on the pod sometimes. So <laughs> yeah, well, I hope Otani takes the field for them at some point. But I think I was starting to get into the prospect of Otani on some other team, like Otani in Toronto. That might be fun yeah. and exciting. Or there were plenty of teams that never really seemed to be in it, where you could be like, right. oh, Otani on the Orioles. So that'd be interesting, oh, yeah, right? That would have been cool. Yeah. Ultimately, per the reporting, which who knows how reliable any reporting that does not come from Jeff Passan and Ken Rosenthal at this point is, but and and wait before you finish that thought, <laughs> and Bob Nightingale, and Bob Nightingale, we got to give the man his due yes. when he has a good day. Names you can trust, Bob Nightingale. Yeah, but. It seemed to have come down to the two LA teams. Yes. The Cubs, maybe. The Cubs, maybe. The Giants, maybe. maybe. Right. And those seemed to be the main players uh, in the end, or those were the teams that were getting mentioned the most. And to get Otani, if you're the Dodgers, if there was ever any real risk of him going to the Giants, obviously it's uh, extra sweet to right. prevent him from going to a division rival. Yep. So. That's uh, just a, you know, nice little cherry on top. But there's always, there's a winner's curse in free agency, right? The team that gets the player is often the team that was willing to pay the most and maybe to pay a little more than is entirely rational. And you can imagine that when the winner gets Otani, maybe there's even more of a curse, if you want to call it that, or some irrational exuberance, just like, hey, imagine Shohei Otani can be on our team. How awesome would that be? How awesome would that be? (laughs) Maybe it's like, are we really going to do away with that dream over 50 million or even 100 million? And hey, if we just defer it, maybe it'll be someone else's problem. And then it'll be like a Bobby Bonilla situation. And someone 30 years from now will be paying Shohei Otani. Not my problem, right? And in the meantime, we get to enjoy Shohei Otani. So if uh, some of that sentiment led to this deal getting done, then that would be entirely relatable. So we'll, we'll get more details, I assume, 
you never know with Otani what will actually right. come out and what won't and how close any other teams were. I think there was a Heyman tweet with a quote from some runner-up that said, well, we were not at 699. <laughs> so I'm guessing that this number is considerably higher than yeah. anyone else was willing to go. But man, I mean, I, I do hope at some point we get the behind the scenes, but yeah. it's it's not surprising like it's not you know six years ago he signs with the angels and people are still wondering why exactly he did that and it was like oh it was just a feeling and maybe they would let me be a two-way guy or whatever this time we don't really have to be flummoxed or ask oh the dodgers why i wonder what it was that sealed that deal there are many obvious reasons for it to be the dodgers how does the off-season curse interact with the potential Drake curse? <laughs> yeah, Drake. We got it. We got offset. Or do they offset? Are they? <laughs> is it like penalties in football, where sometimes you do a bunch of bad things on both sides, and then it's like it never happened? Is it like that? How Maybe. do curses work? Are curses real? I think not. But you know, we're gonna talk about it. I wonder what this does to the perception of Otani, who to this point has been about as universally beloved as a baseball player could be, but maybe partly because he wasn't a threat to anyone, because the Angels were always out of it. it it's hard not to like Otani, I think, yeah. but, but now that he goes to the Dodgers— it's not the same as like an NBA player joining the super team exactly. In baseball, it just doesn't work like that, I don't think. And you're not guaranteed anything. And they could certainly just not succeed during his tenure. We've certainly seen incredible Dodgers teams not win the World Series. So it's it's not quite like, oh, he just went to the super team that spends the most money. But some people will probably feel like that. Sure. Like, oh, he just, you know, there's always kind of a, a backlash, less than there used to be, but still yeah. somewhat to just money, right? $700 million. Like, you know, <laughs> you could sort of root for him even harder when he came over from Japan and left a lot of money on the table because right. of when he came over. <laughs> yeah. Now, turns out, you know, I, I think in the long run, it'll work out just fine for him. But that was an indication of like, oh, okay, he cares more about competing at the highest level or whatever yeah. than holding out for the most money. I'm sure he figured, hey, if I go over and do well there, then I will make several hundred million dollars down the road right. and it'll be fine. But now, clearly, he's going after the most money and going to the perennial favorite in that division yeah. that's always in the playoffs. And so if you're a division rival or you're just sick of the Dodgers being in the playoffs every year or just the rich getting richer, then you might resent Shohei Otani a little more or you might just not be able to root for him as wholeheartedly as you did when it was just like, oh, he's on the Angels. Isn't that cute? They're not a threat to us or anyone. I think a couple of things. I think, first of all, if people are bristling at the number and want an out, you know, you're like, I want to like Otani, but I have weird hangups about the money stuff. Just remember the actual need that is being prioritized when he did his little hierarchy, made his pyramid, was not moving. Okay. So, like, who among us wouldn't want to move? I don't want to move. We have an issue with our floor right now. And I hope that they just bury me under it, leave it alone, you know, because I don't want to ever move out of this house. So, there's that piece of it. So, you do that. When you are presented with the opportunity to, to, m maximize the two things that you presumably want the most as a professional athlete, which is making a bunch of money and winning a lot. 
you know, you're like the the young girl in the taco commercial. Why not both? You know, mm -hmm. why not do both? Because you can and to maximize both of those things and not have to move. Also, Ben, what's the name of the dog? You know, like tell me about this dog. <laughs> yes, is it was the is dog, the dog named, named Dodger? Dodger? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it named Maybe Sandy? Look, uh, someone, he's going to do a press conference, right? Someone's going to ask about the dog. If he takes questions at the press conference right. at this point, someone's got to ask about the dog. Ask right? about I the mean, dog. It was a journalistic malpractice for MLB Network not to ask about the dog in the first reveal unless it I was think, like yeah. a c contingent, like I, I won't come on your air unless you agree not to ask about the dog. Some people are really upset about not knowing the name of the dog. I, know, I want to tell you but, that. But now, we have some colleagues who are like really upset about the dog. <laughs> yes, but I imagine that he will be asked about that now. Yeah. In a setting where it'll be tough for him not to say. Right. He could always say no comment, but. But it's so silly. You know, it'll yeah. be such a silly thing to say say no comment on, especially because Pablo Torre reported on his excellent podcast that like the, the name of the dog was tied to the team. And so now we know the team. So yeah, do, I don't do know think, if I buy that, but <laughs> well, like, well, here's the thing about, I don't know if this is true for you, but like often they're just responding to the tone of your voice less than actually knowing mm -hmm. English words because they're animals and don't speak English. So he could yes. just lie and say like, it's Sandy, the dog's name's Sandy, <laughs> you know, like uh, Fernando, it's named Fernando, mm -hmm. you know, that's a, and then you could call it Nando. That's a nice little nickname for a dog, right? A little sure. puppy named Nando. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that, there's the moving, there's being able to maximize all the stuff. What other things do we have to say? I mean, we're going to have to talk about Friday at some point here but um oh yeah <laughs> i um i want to just marvel at the fact that this got done on december 9th what other mm -hmm. i'm like i feel totally discombobulated ben like we've been talking for 40 minutes i still feel uh, 30 minutes i don't know what time is anymore <laughs> like i feel so unsettled i'm happy for him i'm happy to have been wrong about the contract draft i want to know about the dog what other things mm -hmm. do i want to know i wonder what the first thing he'll buy is it's not like otani doesn't have yeah, money it's though. not like he couldn't afford whatever he wanted before right <laughs> but man I, just that lineup mookie eh. otani freddie freddie smith yeah Will and smith. so I, I guess this means now what does this mean for max muncie <laughs> everyone's guess, thoughts immediately turned to huh max muncie i guess he can't dh at oh, least. Well, right. i will i will admit this is one of, this was a thought i had i was like we're really committed to max muncie everyday third baseman i, I guess. guess yeah and that's, you, you do that's what you have to do choice you know <laughs> that's a real that's a really active decision mm -hmm. to make muncie just got a, a two-year extension so he did. Uh, <laughs> yeah so max muncie at third and then I guess, uh, I, I mean, other than that, there aren't that many short-term implications. It's just that you have Bueller presumably coming back right. and fronting the rotation. Right. But then you have Kershaw, who is a free agent. Free agent. And I don't know if this makes him more or less likely to return. I'm sure that he was just always going to based on whether he wanted to or not. So. If he comes back, he's still going to be out for a good chunk of the season. Right. And then you have May and Gonsolin who are coming back from serious surgeries. And so yep. you're back in the boat of where you were at the end of the season, plus Bueller, where you just have a bunch of younger guys, right? Yeah. You have Pepio and you have Miller and Yarbrough and Sheehan, and they've got to go get someone you hope that you can pencil in Otani into that rotation for 2025 but right. 
yeah, <laughs> this this gets you a long way to a playoff berth as it is, especially because the Padres just traded Soto. Like, who's really, you know, the Diamondbacks just got Eduardo Rodriguez. But I love that they announced that yesterday officially. <laughs> and I was like, not now, D-backs. We got other stuff to do. Yeah, we're a little bit busy. But the Dodgers, I think with Otani, they could probably just, it's kind of a cakewalk to the top of the NOS. Who knows? Because I would have said that the Padres were the favorites in that division last year. And look what happened to them. But you got to figure yeah. that the Dodgers will get back there. And they don't have to build a 110-win team. They just have to enough to get right. in and we're gonna see playoff otani october otani oh my God. we've waited ben, so long so lucky. it'll we're be more so fun lucky. when he's a two-way player in oh, october yeah. but even so i don't want to count my chickens before roosters eggs i don't want to count anything before it hatches the hatching i don't want to mm-hmm. count my chickens before they hatch right that's the expression <laughs> yes it is uh, I don't want to count any chickens before they hatch or mm-hmm. anything else. But yep. yeah, I mean, I, I feel very confident that we are going to see Otani play October baseball. And I am thrilled about yep. that. That is so exciting. And if for some reason he doesn't play October baseball during the duration of his Dodgers contract, we're going to have a new curse to talk about. Yes. So, you know, really, is it, yeah. are there any losers here? No, <laughs> except for Toronto fans. Or... Yeah. And Angels Ooh. fans, I guess. We can retire Tungsten Armo Doyle tweets so at least for the time that. being. Yeah, that is sort of sad. I feel bad for Mike Trout. I feel bad for Mike Trout also. Like, it's just going to get worse, you know? I know. That's but if he, if he wanted to, now I wonder, like, it was announced that he was definitely not getting traded. Of course, I guess that could have been part of an attempt to convince Otani to stay, just guaranteeing that Trout would not go anywhere. And if they were one of the finalists and now they lost out on Otani... Does Trout have a change of mind? Is is he like, do I really want to commit to the rest of my career here without Shohei? Right. Or might he think? <laughs> Remember when there were those rumors early in the offseason about like Trout and Otani could go to the Dodgers? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, but why wouldn't you want out? Like, I guess he's right. really comfortable there and he just likes uh, playing in the area and with ben, that organization. He doesn't have to <laughs> he move. He doesn't have to move. Yeah. He just, Shohei just showed him the way, right? Don't <laughs> ever move. Just like be born, live and die in the same place, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I wonder if he reconsiders and is like, you know what? Actually, this seems like it's going to suck. So maybe I do want out because I want to play in the playoffs someday. So we'll see. He should be a Philly, you know? Like if I had complete discretion for like 10 days and could just send him more. Just make him a, put him, reunite him and Marsh, you know, you'd have Mm -hmm. a, have that. And uh, like uh, he could just go back to New Jersey. He could just live in New Jersey. I have a few final thoughts before we transition to recounting what went down on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> One, so just the the vibes alone, I think, of, of Mookie and Otani on the same roster really oh, delight man. me. Aside from the fact that the Dodgers just had the second and third place MVP finishers in the NL, and now yeah. they're getting the unanimous AL MVP. So performance reasons alone, it's exciting enough. But, but just imagine those guys like high-fiving. Imagine them in the dugout. Shohei. Yeah. Mookie, just frolicking. How fun will that be? So much fun. Also, no opt-outs in this deal we probably should have mentioned before, right? So he is there for the long haul, presumably, or he cannot elect to leave at least. And I think 
that even though there will probably be some people who are not as happy that Otani is a Dodger now, it is probably a good thing if you want Shohei Otani to have the best career he could have. Yes. Just because the Dodgers do seem to be pretty good at optimizing players. And yep. it's hard to imagine that he could be much more optimized than he is, I know. Yeah. But he tinkers a lot with his pitch selection, and I know that that's just who he is and how he likes to pitch, but he is always kind of trying to feel out how he wants to pitch and what would be the most effective. And I don't know that I trust the Dodgers to like keep him healthier than other sure. teams because they've had their fair share yeah. of injured pitchers. I don't know if anyone has figured that out, but not that he needs the help, but if he does want any help with analysis or figuring out his pitch selection. Like he went to driveline. I know the Dodgers have had a partnership with driveline. I'm just saying like going from the angels to the Dodgers to the extent that he actually had any ability to be even better than he's been. Usually a player goes from that team to this team. You might think, Oh, maybe the Dodgers will find something. Maybe they'll unlock something. I'm right. not saying Otani needs anything unlocked, but like if there's any, latent talent that he has not harnessed, then you got to feel pretty good about the Dodgers being the teams that now will be the one telling him what he could do or recommending minor changes that he could make. Right. Yeah. Like I, again, we don't want to like imbue any one organization with like too much authority or expertise. Right. But when you have an established track record of doing a thing, like you can say, Hey, you know who's uh, maybe going to be a beneficiary of that established track record? One mm-hmm. Shohei Otani. Yeah. Um, and I agree with you. Like, I'm not convinced that this, like, this doesn't change my expectation of his relative health over the duration of a deal in any appreciable way. Because, as you noted, like, who was a healthy pitcher for the Dodgers by <laughs> yeah. the end last year? Like, maybe one guy. <laughs> but I think that, you know, we have at times had questions about like hey like otani why are you throwing that pitch that much and you know who probably doesn't let that happen for as long the dodgers Mm -hmm. exactly yeah it's not even about going to the dodgers as much as it is leaving the angels right which feel bad about rubbing that in angels fans do too they've already started taking down the shohei otani mural outside of angel stadium sam blum just tweeted while we've been talking they're already removing it i know oh (laughs) no you got to move on when when your ex finds someone new and spurns you. I mean, you got to, you know, unfriend them on Facebook and <laughs> just like yeah. not look at the old photos for a while, maybe yeah. date other people. So, yeah. yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Make sure you turn off your notifications, too, because sometimes right. Instagram will be like, this person just posted a picture <laughs> and you're like, why did I need to see that? Yeah. Or like uh, Facebook memories. Uh, here's a happy yeah. picture of you two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not actually speaking from personal experience here. I've I'm been not with really my wife either, for so actually. long. But anyway, oh. <laughs> I also wonder, do you think Joe Kelly is going to hold out for a bigger bounty now for giving up his, his uniform oh. number 17, which yeah. he'd already said, or I guess his wife said on Instagram that he was willing to make way yeah. for Shohei Otani. <laughs> like, imagine if, you know, re-signing Joe Kelly was uh, what blocked the Dodgers from getting Otani back. But that would be very funny. Now, like, Otani just got $700 million. If you're right. Joe Kelly, you know, are you just going to do that for a watch or a nice dinner? Or are you going to say, hey, Shohei, you know, kick me a little bit of that? What would be the most ridiculous thing that someone could ask for in this circumstance before we would be like, Joe, relax, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, what... What's the is it is it some kind of fancy car whose brand I don't know? Like yeah. is it you know, is it art? 
Is it like what? What is it? What is as the a, thing? Yeah, as a percentage of Otani's salary, it would still be such a a small, small amount. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not suggesting he's gonna try to capitalize or. <laughs> but no. you know, maybe maybe he holds out for a, a little better gift. It could be. It could be true. But I I think that like look, Joe Kelly was never gonna make Otani money in his career. Like that mm-hmm. seemed pretty obvious. Um, but he's made like good money in his career, right? And it being like magnanimous, priceless. You know, mm-hmm. I yeah. bet Otani will offer him something nice just on his own because you know he seems like that kind of guy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say from a performance standpoint, I don't think this makes much of a difference. I was just looking at the park factors to mm. see if there'd be any impact on Otani, and not really. Angel Stadium, Dodger <laughs> Stadium, they're both pretty neutral. Overall, maybe Dodger Stadium is a little pitcher friendlier, although, you know, right. Otani's going to be a pitcher too. <laughs> so right. it applies to him either way. But just as a hitter, if you're wondering, sort of similar. Dodger Stadium is actually a pretty good home run park for lefties, but so was Angel Stadium. They're like third and fifth in home run park factor for left-handed batters, according to StatCast. So I don't think there's any real performance implication for like, oh, his stats are going to look a whole lot different going from one place to another. In this case, it is pretty like for like. I also wonder, because of the setting, so again, Mm -hmm. it's like for like in that he's going from Anaheim to L.A. It's not far. There was a lot of speculation about, like, does Otani want to be a star or does he want to stay under the radar? Obviously, he's a private guy. People were talking about the implications. If he went to Toronto, what would that mean for him? Right. If he goes to L.A., now, obviously, if anything, the opportunities for endorsements and fame are greater there. He's already making, like— eight times more in endorsement money than any other MLB player, but he's going to be in Hollywood. Like if he wants to do anything that he hasn't done yet, he can now, not that he couldn't have before, but also in LA, he is going to be just one of many stars. So maybe it it actually helps him stay under the radar relative to some other places he could have gone, you know, like LeBron plays in LA and every movie star is in LA. So like as huge a star as he is in the baseball firmament in the grand scheme of things, there are much bigger celebrities that he's going to be sharing Mm. a town with. So maybe it actually helps him blend in, but also allows him to be prominent on the national stage and, sure. you know, be on a lot of national broadcasts and get good airtime if he cares about that. Right. Like it's it's good for baseball, I guess. You know, yeah. we could talk about, oh, it would have been fun for him to go to the Reds or something. But sure. for baseball to have the biggest star on one of the bigger stages with yeah. one of the most prominent organizations, it's probably not a bad thing. Yeah, I I mean, look, here's my experience of L.A. relative to New York. I mean, like, if he had been in New York, then I think he could have been really anonymous because New Yorkers, <laughs> and I mean this is a nice thing because sometimes I, you know, sometimes they give you the business about New York, but uh, this is a good thing where it's like they want to be cool in a way that's, like, aloof, and so yeah. they leave celebrities alone. Whereas mm-hmm. in L.A., people are, I think, a little more, like, in your face um, and taking pictures, and they're on those buses that go by people's houses. We let mm-hmm. that happen. That's a <laughs> weird thing that we do as a society what's that yeah. about that's so weird if i <laughs> yeah. had a bus that going by my house they're like this is the 
place where Meg Rowley lives, I would be like, I guess I have to move because you found me. So it's time to yeah. move. Um, no one cares where I live. But, uh, you know, I, I think you're right that from a volume perspective, he will be one among many. I do think we should, you know, I have made the argument on this podcast before that sometimes men, you know, we think they're handsome, but they're just mm -hmm. tall. You yeah. know, they're not actually good looking. They're just, I mean, or they're mm -hmm. they're fine, but they're not extraordinary in their in their good looks. But they happen to be um, quite tall. Mm -hmm. um, Otani's a handsome guy. I'm not knocking his handsomeness, but like he does, he is physically large. You know, yes. he's a big man. He stands mm -hmm. out in a crowd just because he's like a big guy. Does he stand out relative to LeBron? I mean, no, no. But like he's closer to that than like your average actor. Those are those little those are little <laughs> tiny men. They're such <laughs> tiny small men most of the time. Why they're all so small? Why are they all so short kings? Like it's not, it's fine. It's not. There's nothing yeah, wrong with that. Got to zoom saying, way in to see them. Yeah. A lot of those men, they're like shockingly, and not just Tom Cruise, but also Tom Cruise, right? Mm -hmm. Like this little guy. But um, but I I think that like he won't be anonymous, but it does allow um a potential anonymity, and even among, you know, even as he is the most recognizable, most famous baseball player, I think you're right to think that his like Q score or what is that what they're called Q mm -hmm. scores. What's that about? Why is it Q score? What is it? <laughs> We're potting on a Saturday. I get to be a little loose. It's fine. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, relative to LeBron, for instance, as a, a market, you know, comp, probably much lower. So I imagine he'll be able to be uh, anonymous. Plus, he like he already knows L.A. I know that the Angels don't play in Los Angeles, but I assume that Otani like knows the city some because yep. he's lived there for six years. Years. And I know he doesn't, he's not always in SoCal during the off season, but you know, I, I, I expect he has his little routes, you know, to go places and not be front and center. I think it'll be, it'll be fine. And again, mm -hmm. he doesn't have to move. He no, doesn't have nice. to move. Yep. Although maybe he'll want to move, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm overrating for him the burden of the move. You know, he's moved, he moved That's across the, the world. You That's know? what I was, right. And when you're and fabulously wealthy. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is easier just like on a hassle of doing day-to-day yes. -day things basis. So Yeah, I mean, that is true. Although, as I said before, you, you spend at least a week being like, I don't know where my favorite coffee cup is. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be in this box yeah. and it's not. Maybe your disorientation is more profound in a way when you're a very wealthy person moving mm -hmm. because presumably a crew is doing more of the literal heavy lifting, but also probably a lot of the packing. And so you're like, I don't know what's in these boxes. I didn't pack them. <laughs> I wonder how long it's going to be until someone tops 700 million. Like that might not wow, happen yeah. for many years. Right. And I, you know, people will say 700, even if it, it turns out to be a sure. lot less in real dollars. 700 is the headline number that everyone will cite. It's going to be like the A-Rod contract where years and years and years yes. go by, I think, before someone tops that. One Soto's yes. not getting 700 million, no, you know? Not. So, yeah, that's, uh, that is two, two superstars worth of yep. money. Yep. So, and he is uh, two superstars conveniently. Two so, superstars. so yeah, that, that's going to hold up. That's going to last. I wonder, do you think MLB will revisit any rules around this? Because we were talking about like 
last off season in terms of like was, deferrals and stuff. Yeah, because this yeah. is not like the Ilya Kovalchuk uh, situation where right. it's just tacking on years, which is right. a, a more obvious way of getting around the CBA. And we were talking about how could you get away with that, and were the Padres thinking of trying it with Judge and the Phillies with Harper? Like, would it be vetoed by MLB if you just tacked on years to lower the average annual value? I think that. MLB would if you were obvious about that. But this isn't quite the same thing. Right. This isn't really getting around it exactly. I, I mean, right. you are still going to have to pay that money yep. ultimately. So I don't like the alternative to this really is just that you would probably give him less money. Right. Like if you couldn't do the deferral, then they just wouldn't have given him this much. But ultimately, does that even matter? Like any team, I guess, could have just uh, said more of it is deferred. I don't know if it, I guess it kind of gets around the intention of the CBA, but not quite as much as just tacking on years where you don't actually intend to play that person. Right. I don't know. I wonder whether this will lead to any stricter language about that or like the percent that you can defer that kind of thing. I mean, maybe, but I also think that if I were so if I were Major League Baseball as an entity, I would just take a pass on this one because any yeah. any like, you know, rule reexamination around this that I think you're right would ultimately just lead to people making making less money is going to be a bone of contention with the union and maybe you say who's getting this deal? Who else is getting this deal? Like yeah. for for all our talk about how important it is for you know, free agents sort of maximize their value, not only for the benefit that it brings to them, but also, you know, the ripple effects that it has on our understanding of what is ca- what is possible in free agency and the, the sort of lift all ships effect it can have. Like, he is such a a, a unicorn, you know, he is a truly unique player, not in a most unique, he's unique. Like, mm-hmm. he is, there's only the one of him. And so I think that, if I'm the commissioner, I just say, look, do I feel like maybe there's some a little shenanigans here, like a little bit of shenanigans, some effort at shenanigans? Yeah, I maybe think that. But I also think that I'm not going to have to worry about those same shenanigans again, at least not in the form that they're taking. And if I'm him, like, and I didn't say anything about, you know, the all literally every deal the Nationals have ever done, <laughs> seemingly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know. Betts's contract with the Dodgers had a, a bunch of deferrals on the back end. You know, I think Harper's has some deferrals in it. Like, those are contracts that are, I think, more likely to be replicated in the free agent market for the tier, the superstar tier of players, non-Otani division. And so if I didn't say anything about those, which I'm more likely to see again, I really, this one, we're not going to see. Now, I say that, and then tomorrow, Rob Manfred's going to be out there stamping his feet going, I am wrong about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just making everyone sound as insane as I possibly can while yeah. we record this. Back. I'm sure he's already rubbing his hands together at the prospect of Otani on the Dodgers yeah, and in like the playoffs. And everyone, yeah. everyone involved in this who isn't like one of the four teams that was seriously trying to mm-hmm. compete for Otani other than the Dodgers is thrilled about what's going on. The Dodgers yeah. are thrilled. Everybody gets to see him play October baseball. That makes them thrilled. The commissioner is, I'm sure, excited that Otani... Like, think of how prominently 
this man is going to feature in the advertising for the for the postseason, provided he is healthy. He's going to be all over it. It's going to be mm-hmm. him everywhere. Yeah. So I'm sure, I am sure that everyone in New York is like over the moon. And sh- do they worry about teams trying to do weird nonsense with payroll to obfuscate the rules? Yeah, of course they worry about that. They put those rules in place to try to depress spending across the league. But this, I don't think really for all we've talked about, doesn't really change the spending picture in terms of the macro very much because mm-hmm. he's a unicorn. He is a special man. Yeah. And I'm sure that there are a lot of uh, fans of the Dodgers already in Japan, just from Nomo and uh, Kuroda yeah. and uh, Maeda and on and on, right? right. Who are uh, probably pretty excited that now Shohei Otani's on. And I know that the Japanese media members, there was a, a tweet or oh, a yeah. story about that, right? That they, they don't have, have to, to be move so now. Happy. Yeah. They were like, oh, please stay in the LA area. <laughs> so now right. they don't have yeah. to pull up stakes and uproot themselves and change their lives. So that's a nice little courtesy from Shohei. Not that's to, uh, <laughs> too much responsibility for one person to have to bear. That Like all of these people who I'm sure he knows in some capacity just from them being around the team. Yeah. I mean, like his, you know, he tends to be pretty removed from the mm-hmm. media. Um, so I, it's not, I don't mean to say that he's like best friends with everyone on that beat. But, um, you know, he sees those folks around and I'm sure he's like, that's too much responsibility for one person. Being famous seems terrible. I mean, sometimes you get $700 million, though, so that seems nice. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, and uh, good news for Ipe as well, right? (laughs) Guess he doesn't doesn't have to move either. And uh, he's been in the LA area for most of his life. So who knows? Maybe that was a factor. Why didn't we talk about the Ipe factor when we were trying to project? Yeah, why didn't we talk about that? (laughs) Yeah. I think mostly I, I feel inherently uncomfortable speculating about like what is going to motivate someone to make mm-hmm. such a big life decision because I don't know him. And, you know, I think, it, and I'm not trying to point at anyone in particular, but like, per, particularly when the player in question is not from the US, like sometimes the things that people assume are going to motivate him, I'm like, do you? think that or do you think that what is what matters to an archetype of a japanese person like he can get <laughs> yeah. very ishy like mm-hmm. pretty quick and so mm-hmm. i haven't wanted to speculate um other than the stuff that we know matters to him because of what he said like he wants mm-hmm. to win it's clear that making money is important to him because of all the endorsement stuff which is fine but yeah other than that i haven't but now now it's like maybe maybe it did matter maybe that mattered yeah. a great deal like maybe because be. like they seem like they have a, a very good working relationship so mm-hmm. when you said Ishii, it reminds me of yet another Japanese Dodgers player, Kaz Ishii. <laughs> anyway, so who else could have uh, overshadowed a Juan Soto trade to the Yankees like Otani? That seems like a long time ago. That seems like an afterthought. But yep. before we go, I'm sure we'll return to Otani and more details that come out next time. And, you know, sorry, Tyler O'Neill, that uh, we right. didn't talk about the Tyler O'Neill trade. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to David Fletcher and Max Stassi. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll circle back on a future episode. But this is all Otani. So I'm uh, sort of sad that Otani didn't go to Toronto because he would have been a billionaire just about. I mean, I know he would have oh, been paid in— because of the, yeah. uh, the exchange rate? He would have been paid in U.S. dollars, I know, but, sure. but $700 million in U.S. dollars is, is quite close to a billion in Canadian. It's like 950 or something. But that's not happening. However, we all emerged much richer, I think, 
after what went down on Friday or what didn't go down because actually nothing happened whatsoever. And yet it was one of the most eventful, engrossing days that I can remember. When we did our baseball Twitter draft, it was almost like a salute. It was like, well, that was fun while it lasted. And we talked recently about, oh, is it ever going to be the same as it was on baseball Twitter on some other social media network? Friday was one of the more entertaining days on social media, on the internet that I can recall, even though absolutely nothing of note happened. It was just riveting. I mean, I guess it it was really a day bookended by two John Morosi tweets, right? (gasps) Technically, I guess it started the night before when someone picked up on the fact that there was a charter flight (laughs) that was scheduled to leave on Friday morning flying from L.A. Anaheim to Toronto, and everyone thought, Shohei Otani, that could be Shohei Otani. He might be on that plane. But then things really kicked off on Friday morning when Morosi came out and said, Source, Shohei Otani's decision is imminent, possibly as early as today, which led to a lot of discussion about how soon imminent is. And, well, if it isn't today, is that actually imminent? I guess it it turns out to have been fairly imminent. You know, I guess a day is within the the imminent window. Mm, Eh. No. Well, no. I don't know. I mean, like, I I guess it kind of it kind of depends. It kind of depends. I guess maybe it has a more fluid um, definition. Because yeah. like I like we um, we refer like for instance to some of our um, our partial lists as like imminent big leaguers, and we mean like within like a year. You know, right. they're Im- and but you understand the timeline of like player development to take place, not in a day. And so when, when I think of imminent as regards to a signing, I mean, like I can run a Soto trade react now and it's fine. Mm -hmm. Just like to pick a very recent example. (laughs) It was very stressful for me personally. So like um, imminent to me meant like, we're going to, we're going to get news anytime. It means like you and I should wait to pod because Mm -hmm. there's going to be news imminently. Like I'm, I feel so bad. Yeah, that was not the the least accurate thing that Morrissey tweeted on Friday. (laughs) Imminent, close enough. The other stuff, not so much. So so at that point, we were all on Otani watch. Okay, this could come any second. And then we were on flight tracker watch. We were on plane watch. And thousands of people were tracking this flight. It was the most tracked flight in the world. There were several thousand people watching. And there's no reason to watch, really. You're just watching this this blip move across the country. And yet people were. People were too did following this thing across the country. I almost thought we should do like a draft of our favorite things from this day. But it, yeah. it might be confusing to yeah. go out of order. But like, as I think you tweeted, like anyone who was saying that this is yeah. boring and we're not yeah. making the most of this and Shohei Otani is depriving us of free agent excitement. What This was way more exciting than yes. any publicized visit, any boilerplate quotes about, oh, yeah, this is a nice team or, yeah, Shohei's nice. We would love to sign him. Boring compared to this. 
granted, I guess you had to be some sort of extremely online sicko to be fully plugged into what was happening or not happening on Friday. Yeah. I'm sure plenty of people who were interested in Shohei Otani's destination were blissfully ignorant of any of that and uh, missed out on all the excitement, I suppose. Probably a, a good thing for their lives that they were unaware of this. But for us, for people who were following this that closely, yeah. that was as indelible a memory as I'm going to remember that more than I'm going to remember probably any free agent courtship, certainly any standard one. Anytime you are depending on flight tracker information, which is typically the like the the purview of college football. Yeah. And an opera singer saying that he knows about a dinner reservation and then us inferring <laughs> that that means it's a celebration of Otani. You're having a fun day. You know, yep. you're having a fun day on the internet. And I, mm -hmm. again, I don't want to downplay how stressful and not great like it probably felt for various people whose names start with J. But um, like the rest of it was delightfully fun um, mm -hmm. because what is an opera singer doing in this conversation? <laughs> what is what is that? You that know, is who so is great. that guy? So also, great. <laughs> how does he who does he know? Who's connected to and did and did Kikuchi find out that like his dinner was like an important subplot in the Otani signing stuff and be like, do I have to move <laughs> it? Like, do I yeah. have to cancel my dinner because there's gonna be like, you know, like half the the Blue Jays beat is gonna show up to dinner and be like, is Otani in there? Like, where this is guy, he? Clarence Frazier, a baritone Canadian opera singer. When I was looking at his profile to gauge how, how reliable this was, his profile said foodie. And I was like, oh, okay, he's a foodie. Yeah. I guess he knows about he, restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow that Ben's made it. Like, Ben's like, uh, yeah, that's how you know about restaurants. You're yeah. a foodie, you know? So yeah. it made it somehow seem more credible to me. But that was like 45 minutes into the flight. Yeah. This opera singer tweets, according to a source, that Kikuchi had reserved an entire upscale sushi restaurant near Rogers Center for 50 plus people. And his source possibly someone replied to his tweet to say, I hope your source isn't me who shared the news on a radio show this morning because someone texted into our show this morning saying this. And I made it very clear that this was not a credible report, but just something we joked about. So I don't know if he just lifted that after hearing it on the radio or what. But everyone's like, oh, the plane is in the air. Kikuchi has reserved sushi dinner to celebrate the signing. And <laughs> none of that happened. None, none of, that of it happened. Was well, even remotely true. Do we know true. that none of it happened? Maybe the well, dinner we did yeah. happen. Who knows? So Kikuchi might have just had the whole restaurant to himself. Sadly, Aww. but flight. N616RH is oh, in the man. air this entire time, which you can buy a T-shirt of that. No way. And oh, my God. <laughs> and, and then, okay, so while this flight is in the air, while we're watching this, so it's hard to even pick. Like Max Domi, who is a Maple Leafs player, okay. NHL player, he tweeted like LFG Blue Jays with three exclamation points. Aww. And people thought, that this meant that he knew something? He knew, yeah. Yeah, but no, presumably he was just reading the same baseless yeah. rumors that everyone else was, re was oh reading, right? Oh, my gosh. And then, of course, 
Dodgers Nation reports that it's done, that uh, he's not going to the Dodgers, that multiple sources have informed J.P. Hornstra. I, I feel bad even like piling on because uh, probably not the best day for J.P., I'm guessing, no. who's uh, been an effectively wild listener. But, you know, he's a BBWA member. He's covered the Angels and the Dodgers. So uh, people thought, OK, well, maybe he yeah. has some sources here. And it was pretty definitive that he had actually pitched the Blue Jays and that the Dodgers front office was resigned to this not happening. Immediately after that report comes out, Alden Gonzalez and others say, no, this isn't true. He hasn't made a decision yet. But they didn't deny that it might happen. It was just like he hasn't made the decision yet, but it wasn't actually he's going to the Dodgers or he's not going to the Blue Jays. So Blue Jays fans still had hope. And then Morosi comes in off the top rope again and tweets that according to his sources, Otani is in the air. He is en route to Toronto. I guess he didn't say in the air, but presumably he wasn't taking a covered wagon to Toronto. And that was the first, I guess, quote unquote confirmation, credible report Mm. that that actually was Otani maybe flying to Toronto because before then it was entirely speculation. Right. Just based on the flight going from where he was to yep. Toronto. <laughs> but Morosi says, okay, he actually is on his way to Toronto. And then that elicited a round of refutations of that, where multiple writers uh, chimed in to say, actually, no, he is not. And as you said, you know, the hero that we needed was Bob Nightingale. Bob just, Nightingale. Uh, bolstering his reputation. Shohei Otani is not, not all caps in Toronto. Shohei Otani is not all not. caps on a flight to Toronto. Otani is at home in, in Southern, Southern California. California. Yep. And man, Bob must not have known how right he was because right? apparently he's so at home in Southern California yep. that he wants to stay there for 10 more years. But <laughs> but <sighs> at that point, it was just like, what is happening here? We're what just running happening? around like chicken that hatched but didn't hatch but with their heads cut off. Anyway. <laughs> Schrodinger's dismembered hatched yes. chicken. Yes. There you go. There's your there's your episode title because I think that what you should do is not put Otani in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just confuse people. And then the plane landed because it was a real flight, and like the CBC sent photographers out well, to yeah. see is it Otani? And no, in a great twist, it turns out to be Shark Tank member yes. Robert Herjavec. Canadian many-time multimillionaire. Oh, although my gosh. I guess his net worth, according to Google, is like 200 to 300 million. So, so Otani just dwarfs his net worth or will. <laughs> yeah. And there's actually a picture of him, like, walking off the plane that, you know, someone was oh uh, like a professional God. photographer. He stints uh, posted on Instagram about this once, I guess, he was informed, uh, once it was explained to him what the heck was happening here. So and people were like, what if it's just some random rich guy? And yeah, yeah it, was, it was. Although like a rich guy that people knew the name of. Yeah. I mean, like he's not completely random. He is a known yeah. rich guy. He's not like one of those rich guys where... You know, they have like 10 buildings at a university named after right. them. And then you're like, and their family did war crimes. So weird. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe his family has done war crimes. I don't know him. Like, I don't know what they're about. But um, <laughs> real loose. It's a Saturday. It's almost 5 p.m. on a Saturday. Then we're recording the pod. We're doing <laughs> doing instant react. Um, but yeah, it was it was delightful. I don't know a lot about um, private planes because I have never flown private. Um, but I did love like the faith and enthusiasm that was being put into the private plane rumor I because know. I was like, Toronto's a major city. Mm-hmm. Flying 
Private to Toronto from South Southern California doesn't strike me as a thing that is like super rare. No, it's not like you know colleges and universities are all in all kinds of random yes places. So like when college coaches do this, and even then it doesn't always work out. But like when college coaches do this, it's like yeah, it's weird that there's like a charter flight from like random city to Lubbock because it's like who's <laughs> going to Lubbock? College coaches, you know, and yeah. the people who go to school at, at, at Texas Tech, but. Yeah, I I was like, this is this is delightful. This is a a lot of faith to be pinned on this particular thing. And then yeah. those poor Blue Jays fans, you know, I they know. get this this <laughs> and confirmation, people... <laughs> and then they have a, they have an out because. And I I'm not trying to sp- speak ill of Bob, but like you know, sometimes Bob's tweets aren't right. Sometimes, sometimes. they sometimes mm-hmm. they're wrong. And so you know, if you're if you're a Blue Jays fan, you're like, well, but it's coming from Bob, so like maybe he is on the flight, right? <laughs> That's a long flight. Like yeah. we were allowed to like luxuriate in this for a while. Yes. And I was like, do private planes not go very fast? Or is that like how long <laughs> it normally takes? We're gonna get emails about that. If JJ Cooper is listening, I defer to your expertise on this because you know about planes, but they were I crossing don't. a continent. I but, don't yeah. But people were tweeting fake videos of Otani arriving at other airports oh that gosh. people fell for. And then <laughs> it was like instant memes because yeah. as soon as it like Nightingale tweeted that he was wasn't there. Everyone was tweeting that they could confirm that Shohei Otani was not in some other place, right? Everyone was like, Otani's not here either. So that, there was a whole round of those tweets. And then uh, some of my favorite things, like just randomly in the middle of that, like Rosenthal would tweet that the Tigers were signing Anthony Benboon to a minor league contract with an invitation to spring trading. It's like, not now. Like, just hold the Benboon news, you know, because we kind of have a one-track mind right now. We're waiting for the biggest boom, you know? Yes, exactly. And as you said, there was the the Drake, right? Jake Instagrammed or whatever a, a photo of himself with a 17 jersey. But so. I, I, am, I recollect that that because that's an all-star jersey yeah was that in the past that I that think happened that's an old photo i don't think uh-huh. that he was like walking around in his <laughs> i mean maybe he was doing it on that day to try to like manifest motani signing with toronto but like i recall him wearing those that jersey around the all-star game and it generating some amount of attention because mm. you know maybe he reposted it though maybe possibly that could be true. i think that might have happened anyway that could be true <laughs> Man, it was it was wild. I will yeah. remember it always. It was, uh, and then like Jim Bowden was was tweeting about this too, and like <laughs> this was this was really rich because he was uh, getting all snippy about people who were reporting things that didn't happen, mm-hmm. and uh, he was like, he's not made a decision. He said all other reports are not true. He didn't mean like every report about everything, probably, yeah. but but all other Otani reports. And then he said, people need to stop lying and guessing. Like, Jim, Ralph himself, like, yeah. <laughs> criticizing this. And also, like, he had that morning tweeted about the flight tracker. Flight, I mean, yeah. he he said, like, I don't know that this is Otani, but still, you know, he was yeah. fan in the flames, too. Yeah. So, come on, be, man. Yeah. Yeah. You can't be, you can't, you can't. Yeah, no, no. This just reinforced, I guess, that it's, you know, it's Passner Rosenthal or you just have to take it with a grain of salt, right? I mean, it's, you know, others will break news sometimes, but they just don't quite have the hit rate. You can't quite trust it to the same extent. 
And that doesn't mean that, that, like you said, it doesn't mean that other people don't break news or that, like, you know, that Jeff and Ken are perfect. No. Um, there have been misfires there also, but um, I, yeah, the, the success rate is really high. You know, mm-hmm. they do very, they do very good, consistent work and they yeah. are quite careful. Yeah, and when when they're not tweeting, when they're silent through that whole saga, yeah, then, that's yeah. generally a sign that um, we don't have the full story yet. Which right. isn't to say that like other things can't emerge or that parts of it can't be. Re- I mean, like in this case, it was, like dramatically not true, um, <laughs> dramatically. But yep. uh, yeah, what do you think Otani was thinking during that? Like, do you think he was I bet aware he was of that? Laughing very hard for the probably whole thing. right. I mean, I would be I would be so amused if I were him because <laughs> yeah. you have the stated preference for privacy. You know where you're signing, right? And probably, so or you, you know could, you're definitely not on a plane to Toronto. To Toronto, right? You, like looking out. <laughs> at all the things that are in Southern California all around you being like, that's in Southern California and that's in Southern (laughs) California and that's in Southern California and I'm in Southern California and my unnamed dog is in Southern California. (laughs) Mystery dog. I'm I'm putting- (laughs) Probably has a name. We just don't know my Yeah, my my anonymous (laughs) dog, my- I mean, he's a mystery to us. You're right. He wouldn't refer to his dog as a mystery. He knows the dog's name unless- (laughs) As I have said, that dog is too perfect and isn't real. And then maybe that's why he hasn't told us the name because it's like a – it's an illusion dog, you know, yeah. fake dog. Could be. It's well. too cute a dog. Something's wrong with something's wrong with that dog, Ben. I don't, I don't know what, but something's <laughs> wrong with that dog. What a time we had. And then it all came full circle and ended, I guess, officially 11.05 p.m. Morosi tweets again. Today, I posted reporting that included inaccurate information that Shohei Otani was traveling to Toronto. I regret the mistake and apologize to baseball fans everywhere. I'm deeply sorry for letting you down. You know, look, we had more fun because of your inaccurate report. We did. I don't mind, you know. I mean, I'd feel bad if I were him, but (laughs) I'm happy that it happened personally. So people responded to that with the Castellanos-Brenneman meme, obviously. Anyway... Man, what a wild day that was. Mistakes happen, and you're right, we had a lot of fun, but, like, that was the right thing for John to do. Like, Yeah, no, be when, accountable, sure. You got to be accountable when you make mm-hmm. those mistakes, and I think, you know, you're more likely to garner goodwill and, and have confidence in your reporting going forward if you own mistakes when you make them. So that mm-hmm. was the right call, but, man, I so love that an opera singer was involved. Like, if you had asked me <laughs> prior to the start of free agency— Will there be an opera singer subplot in Otani's free agent decision? I would have said no, and I think that people would have agreed with me. Mm-hmm. Um, man, he really, he really did screw up my my uh, over under draft, though. Wow, oh, yeah. he really, he really it's screwed over. it up. Good. I mean, Otani, good job. I tip my mm-hmm. hat to you. Yep. And we'll find out, uh, you know, there have been reports like maybe, I mean, the Dodgers didn't know, no one knew for sure on Friday night. Maybe they made their offer much richer at the last minute once there was so much smoke surrounding Toronto. Could be. Hopefully we'll we'll get some insights into that. Oh, yeah. There, there's so many conspiracy permutations, right? Yes. Like, um, and I, I say all of these not having any idea if any of them are real. Like there's a, you know, there's a scenario in which like the Toronto stuff is all like a smokescreen from Otani's people to like drive mm-hmm. up the Dodgers offer. There's a, sure. there's like the Dodgers planting false information because they want time to resolve 
the contract negotiation with Otani without scrutiny because they know that Otani cares about privacy. Like there's all there's there's a scenario where the opera singer is just like <laughs> keen to be. I don't know his name, so maybe he's not keen to be famous because I keep referring to him as the opera singer. But, like, <laughs> what is the opera singer's angle in all of this? I'm yeah. so fascinated by the opera singer. I know. Ugh, boy. Yeah. We can't use the, the – <laughs> when the fat lady sings the fat lady song about Shohei Otani. I guess uh, we can't use that in this case. But, no, that was just the most random. <laughs> just like of having an characters. opera singer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. That – that added to it so much and all the people analyzing the flight information. Amazing. 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 Day. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> wow. His name is you Clarence know. Frazier, by the way. <laughs> Clarence Frazier. Clarence. Mm -hmm. Clarence. Yep. Tell us about yourself, sir. Yes. I want to know how, why, what, is Clarence a baseball fan? You know? Right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about Clarence, you know? We should have um, him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think that we will start to get movement now, you know, beyond mm -hmm. Otani, because he's this big gating factor. Mm -hmm. So, presumably, we will have other transactions beyond just, like, Ty Tyler O'Neill and, yeah. you know... David Fletcher, the 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 Max Stassi's already been flipped to the White Sox. You <laughs> yes, know? He's, right. He's he's moved twice in the last two days. You know, the Blue Jays have to do something. There's nothing they can do really to assuage the disappointment of uh, being the runners up or one of the runners up for Otani. But now. Jays fans know they have money to spend. Sure, least, yeah. It's just not to say they need to spend six hundred million on a bunch of other people who aren't Shohei Otani. But <laughs> if you were one of the finalists and you didn't get him, then you kind of got to do something because your fans are super sad right now. Blue Jays fans, super sad. I know, like yeah. no one who roots for the Blue Jays and who is following that saga on Friday got any work done whatsoever. No. But, yeah, I hope there's something that uh, takes the sting out of this a little bit yeah. after having come close and emerging empty-handed. Yeah, I mean, like, I – there are still good players on the market. They're not Otani, um, but there are, there are still good players there. And I hope that uh, the Blue Jays find some to their liking that help to bolster their, their club. You know who's really happy today? Ooh. It was the Yankees. The Yankees oh. were thrilled. The Yankees yeah. were over the mood because they still have a Juan Soto and the Blue Jays mm -hmm. do not have an Otani. That's true. So yeah. they're sitting there going, Oof, what, a, what a day yeah. for us. Really came out ahead. And with Otani, maybe the Blue Jays would have been the favorites, but AL East uh, a little less sure of a path to the postseason or to a division title than he'll have in, in LA. But yeah, yeah the, the Blue Jays have been connected to so many players and yes. they have signed some, yeah. but they've been connected to so many that they didn't sign that I know the Pujay's fans are probably like, here we go yeah. again. Plus the team has been kind of disappointing. So yeah, that that's a bummer. But at least we had Friday. We had Friday. You know? I guess we can end here. Just uh, two of the most eventful days yeah. in baseball that I can recall, even though only one of them had a real event. <laughs> the other was completely eventless, at least yeah. the event that we were waiting for. And now we await a flurry of signings that we will be excited for, but less excited for because none of them are going to have $700 million attached to them. Exactly.
All right, Jess Ben here. I meant to say this, but I think Friday is even funnier in retrospect now that he went to the Dodgers. Sorry, Blue Jays fans. But if he had ultimately gone to Toronto just on a different day, then clearly there would have been some substance to all the rumors. Whereas now it sort of seems like not only was he en route to Toronto, but he probably wasn't going to be. So we were working ourselves into a tizzy for nothing, but that's okay. It was a ton of fun to be in that tizzy. Also, closing thought, this just occurred to me. I don't really root for any team anymore, but I have watched a whole lot of Angels baseball over the past several years while watching Otani and Trout. It was nice to have those two on one team to kind of concentrate my interests. But the downside was that I watched a lot of bad baseball. And you know what? I'm not going to be a Dodgers fan now, but I am going to watch more Dodgers than I did. And it will be kind of nice to get to see some other good baseball players and maybe a winning baseball team while I'm taking in Otani. Would have applied to just about anywhere he went that that team would probably be better than the Angels had been. But yeah, you know, not mad about that. I'd also not be mad. In fact, I would be the opposite of mad. I would be quite happy if you would support Effectively Wild on Patreon, which you can do by going to patreon.com slash effectivelywild. The following five listeners have already signed up and pledged some monthly or yearly amount to help keep the podcast going, help us stay ad-free, and get themselves access to some perks. Brian A., Nicholas Offerman, not that Nick Offerman, I don't think, although he is a big baseball fan, Max Jacobs, Susan Shamgar, and David Batchelder. Thanks to all of you. Patreon perks include access to the Effectively Wild Discord group for patrons only, which was a wonderful place to follow Friday's nonsense. You also get monthly bonus episodes, playoff live streams, shoutouts at the end of episodes, prioritized email answers, potential appearances on the podcast, and so much more. Patreon.com slash Effectively Wild. If you are a Patreon supporter, you can message us through the Patreon site. But even if you're not, you can contact us via email, send your questions and comments to podcast at fancrafts.com. If you're listening to this before the end of the weekend, you can still sign up for Effectively Wild Secret Santa. Registration closes Sunday night. Check the last link on our show page. You can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash Effectively Wild. You can rate, review, and subscribe to Effectively Wild on iTunes and Spotify and other podcast platforms. You can follow Effectively Wild on Twitter at EWPod, and you can find the Effectively Wild subreddit at r slash Effectively Wild. Thanks to Shane McKeon for his editing and production assistance. We will be back with another episode early next week. Talk to you then. Well, it's moments like these that make you ask, how can you not be horny about baseball? Every take hot and hotter, entwining and abutting, watch them climb the mountain. Nothing's about nothing, every stitch wet with sweat, breaking balls back, me on effectively wild, how can you not be horny? When it comes to podcasts, how can you not be horny?